Welcome into the 11 Dubcast, a late week edition of the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny, joined by my good friend Andy. I want to just clarify a few things. The Dubcast has been in hibernation for about a week and a half. And the reason for that is I decided to break my collarbone in two places. So I was riding my bicycle, my, my, my trike, and I was going at great speed. And, you know, someone kind of made a poor judgment in riding on my, on my left. My bike hit a grout on the ground. It went right. I went straight, broke my collarbone. So I've been out for a little bit. haven't really been able to type or do things like that for a little bit. I'm slowly working back. And we'll be back on a regular schedule starting on Monday. So we should be good to go. But I'm still I'm still alive and kicking, which is nice. Um, I can kick. I just can't really punch very much. So that's we'll, we'll work on that. Um, uh, but I, I did want to talk about it. I am 100% intact and not injured in any way. So yeah, yeah, kicking is still going to happen. So I, I did want to continue to, you know, update everyone who hasn't been paying any attention to the website and only listens to the podcast about what's been going on with the high state. So Andy, you and I are going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the topics du jour. Um, and I guess maybe it's the topics do like three days ago, jour, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know French, but two things. First of all, first of all, Justin Fields is officially named as uh, the starting quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes for 2019. Second thing is that uh, Ohio State officially named its captains. We had seven captains. We got Jordan Fuller, Tuff Borland, J.K. Dobbins, Chase Young, K.J. Hill, C.J. Saunders, and Jonathan Cooper. Most of those aren't shocking to me personally. Were there any ones that surprised you in particular? I think the thing that surprised me was, well, surprise is the wrong word. I, I thought maybe this was an opportunity um, to see if, if Day would put his stamp on the program. Like, you know, Urban had uh, kind of let the number of captains climb over time, you know, to where it's like, what, a third of the team is a, is a captain now. No, literally, so, if like 12% of the team is a captain, I don't know what value that has I, at all. And that's I literally kinda, what it was at one point. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of think I, I called this group the seven-headed hydra, right? But, but, but I get, I get the reason for this, right? So you, you've got multiple leaders on the team, different position groups. I, I, I get it. I just, I, the first couple years where it was like, oh, how many do we have this year? How many are there? Oh, you know, yeah. it's kind of amusing. So I was curious to see whether or not he kept with the the more is more mantra or decided less is more. So no, no big surprises there. I, you know, I think some of these names are our uh, names obviously we think of like chase young you know, the preseason all-american nod and some of these guys are going to be uh playing on sundays before the not not too distant future um yeah it's about what you expect list wise good group yeah it's a good group i i like that it's you know diverse in terms of you know where they are on the field i really love the fact that cj saunders you know got his shot and, and was able to become a, a captain that dude's story is is really remarkable and the fact that he's worked his way up to this point i think is is great um but yeah it's it's pretty predictable and and honestly here's the thing i i don't know i don't know if ohio state fans and maybe this is because of what urban meyer's done with the captain you know like designation in past years i don't know that ohio state fans necessarily expect all that much more from someone who's you know ostensibly a captain like i don't think tough borland is going to get a lot of heat from fans because he's a captain and i don't know that chase young if he has an incredible season is going to be like wow he was a captain and an all-american like nobody cares about really being a captain i think at this point which kind of sucks like i was hoping like you maybe that 
the captain position would maybe, or not position, but the captain designation would be something that was more of like a, you know, a big title, right? Something that people go back in time and say, you know, 20 years from now, wow, these were the two guys that they're like, this, these are the the leaders of this team and we will identify them as such. When you have seven guys, it's great for them. And, and, and not to take anything away from their achievements as as players, but it, it, it kind of cheapens it a little bit. And I was hoping that he would pare it down to maybe just like two or three dudes. Kind of what I what I thought about as we were talking about this is this probably means a lot more to those seven guys than than it does to anybody else. You know, oh, yeah. I say that, and there were eighty two comments on the story about announcing the captain. So obviously people care, but right. you know the, those seven captains, sure it, it means a whole lot to them. And you you sort of make the assumption, of course, some of these um, you know players, J.K. Dobbins, K.J. Hill, and, and so on. Jonathan Cooper, you know, they're, they're names that have already kind of walked the walk. Um, and, and then of course you have a, a young who has certainly, um, proven himself, but as you're expecting to be the guy, uh, this go around, you know, and, and, um, I like, you mentioned the CJ Saunders story. I want to give a shout out to, to my man, Dan Hope, cause there's a great story about CJ and his, his journey from yeah. being a walk on to being a team captain. So gr- great story, um, from Dan earlier in the week at, uh, highly encourage, people to read if they haven't so there's some there's some fun stories there yeah and and absolutely and, and like i'm not again i'm not trying to take anything away from what it means for those guys and stuff it's just it feels weird to me that ryan day didn't take this as an opportunity to kind of really mix things up a little bit but it you know whatever honestly i don't think in the long run it really that it matters that much and it's a cool way to reward players who you know have definitely earned it the other thing that i thought was interesting so justin fields wins the starting quarterback job to the surprise of literally no one. Um, and probably to the great relief of perhaps one or two of his now backups. Um, but here's, I mean, the way it was announced, right? Brian day has this press conference an hour late shows up. He talks about Justin Fields, you know, having done a lot to earn the job and all this stuff. And it's, you know, it's, it's very perfunctory. It's not like this is an, a great announcement of our amazing quarterback that we're going to win the Heisman with in the national championship. It's kind of like, yeah, he did the right things in camp and now he's the quarterback. And if he continues being, you know, great, then he'll continue to being the starting quarterback. Other colleges are out there putting gigantic, like they put out these videos about QB one and, and how awesome and excited they are and all this stuff. And with Ohio State, it's kind of like Justin Fields. Yeah, he's, he's done a good job through camp. He's improved in the last couple of days, so he deserves the job. And I'm like, this is, again, a, a kind of a missed opportunity in terms of branding. I you, sh- you should be ecstatic as an Ohio State fan that you have Justin Fields. This dude is a next-level talent. I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised Ohio State didn't bump it up a little bit. I'm surprised they didn't really kind of give more fanfare to it. You know, there's something of an ongoing joke during the uh, the Urban Meyer days when you think about some of the cliches and catchphrases that uh, get get dropped in sports media by sports reporters or broadcasters. But used to the running joke was, you know, Urban Meyer is a psychology major. Don't don't know if you knew that or not. And so I, I I don't know if Ryan Day was a psychology major or not. But I often often think that things like this, you know, what are the what are the psychological implications behind? What were the motivational things behind doing or not doing 
a certain thing. So, you know, if you yeah. go out and, and uh, you're, you're thinking of um, uh, the Miami quarterback situation down there, you know, and there was this big, big tweet um, from the head coach announcing QB one and it, and it wasn't a certain former Ohio state quarterback, of course, um, that, you know, is there a reason behind doing that? It's the branding you're talking about and the hype and so on and so forth here. You know, I, I think you got a first-year head coach. You've got a, a, a transfer quarterback. You say, hey, let's slow down the hype train because Fields obviously comes in with some pretty high expectations. Sure. Um, and and let's face it, it's not like there's uh, you know four future All-Americans behind him in the rotation. So not only <laughs> high expectations, but also you know there could be quite a lot of pressure on a young first-year signal caller. So with that in mind, do you kind of downplay and say, yeah, he did okay? He's pretty good. We think he'll be all right. Insert some more coach speak here and you take some of that pressure off him maybe. And you, you, you know, rather than if you anointed him in February and said, this is the guy we're pinning all our hopes and dreams on him. And then you spend all summer with it. Whereas you treat it this way and it's, you know, oh, just business as usual, normal, normal quarterback competition. Yep. He's the, he's the new man in the bullpen, but not necessarily the big man on campus yet. Maybe, maybe there's a reason behind that. I, I guess I, I was with you. I I kind of figured that we wouldn't necessarily drag this <laughs> this decision yeah. on all summer. And let's be real. Was it really a decision-making process all summer? Eh, color me skeptical. <laughs> color yeah, me unlikely. Skeptical. Unlikely. You know, and I, I but, did think, well, here's what I would say, though. I, I was actually really impressed with how frank Ryan Day was when he talked about uh, Dwayne Haskins leaving and what that did to the quarterback position at Ohio State. Because he was like, we were in crisis mode, right? We were we were freaking out because we sure. had nothing. And, you know, again, that's true. That is 100% true. And I, <laughs> I appreciate the coach for saying that. But if that's true, then maybe give a little bit more love to the guy who saved your bacon. That's all I'm saying. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I remember, and Bo and I have talked about this. We've talked about this. I don't think Dwayne Haskins got nearly the kind of, like I said, fanfare really, I think is the word that I'm going for. He, he didn't get the kind of publicity and fanfare and support from Ohio State in terms of Urban Meyer and the media thing that they, and they have an incredible staff with their video and photo guys and their social media guys. I just don't think Dwayne Haskins got what he deserved. I don't think he got the publicity that he deserved. And yeah. I would hope they, well, I'm just saying I would hope that if Justin Fields comes out and, and kicks ass that he gets a little bit more love and a little bit more support yeah. because it's a tough it's a tough position to walk into and especially with this situation with Ohio State I mean One again you're set up for success but it's going to be hard this season there's a lot of transition going on I want I want Ryan Day ultimately I think what I'm asking for Ryan Day here is I want to see I want to see him make his mark and in positive ways. And I think he's done that through recruiting and the way he personally interacts with the media. But once the season starts and and tension ramps up and and you have a lot more pressure, how are you going to act as a coach? And I'm curious to see what that looks like with Ryan day. I I like too what you said earlier about, you know, his his frankness, his candor. Um, And, and, and not that, not that his predecessor wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't blunt or, or plain spoken at times, but, um, I'm, I too am thinking is, is, is he going to be this kind of no nonsense and, and, uh, straight shooter, um, throughout his career and, and, uh, or, or will he lapse into more of that traditional coach speak? So 
what you're talking about with Dwayne and the lack of fanfare, you know, I hadn't thought about it in those terms and you're, you're right. Um, one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking about that is, is I've always said, uh, you know, Ohio state has, has kind of lived this, that there's no one person bigger than the brand or bigger than the university. We, yeah. you know, we, we, we got, we got rid of Jim Trestle. We, uh, we got rid of Gordon Gee. We, you know, some of the biggest, um, icons of my, my, um, life in connection with the university. So I look and say, is that part of it that you don't hype where other schools or other programs, um, really hype up the individual player? Uh, is, is that an intentional thing to say, you know what, um, QB one is not bigger than the program or, sure. or the team, you know, to, to borrow a phrase from an Ohio native turned to Michigan man, you know, is, is it really about the team, the team, the team <laughs> at the expense of promoting the individual? Yeah, I, no, and, I get that. And, and for I, the most part, I'm probably that. on board with that. But there are times, yeah, I was with you like the the Heisman hype train should have st- the Heisman campaign should have started for Dwayne a lot sooner than it did. <laughs> yes, it should have started in September. And here's the thing. I mean, look, I, I get that. Ohio State is definitely about the brand above all, right? Brand over Alice is, is pretty much how Ohio State yeah, conducts it. I like that, yes. But when you have a quarterback who is putting together the greatest statistical season in quarterbacking history at Ohio State and in the Big Ten, you've got to do more. You have to do more. And I just, yeah. like I said, I think they did Dwayne a little dirty. And and I, you know, I don't know how Justin Fields is going to come out in 2019. I mean, he could struggle the first couple of games. And I, I really, here's the other thing. So could Ryan Day, by the way, as, as a head coach, he can make some really stupid decisions that people won't think he will make and he'll make them. And I just, you know, I understand wanting to temper expectations a little bit, both for himself and for his quarterback. But, you know, you got to you got to promote these guys. And that's the way it works with I mean, look, you've got, you know, mid majors out there like freaking putting out five minute hype videos about their quarterbacks that you'll never hear from again. It's to me, it's something that recruits expect. It's something that players want. I don't know why you don't don't do it. I mean, especially with the quarterback, because it's the most visible part of your team. He's going to be at the press conferences. You know, he's going to be at there after the game, talking to the press every single game. He's going to be the guy everybody wants to talk to every press availability. Put him out there a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, And again, the dance videos are great. I love the dance videos, right? They're funny. And Bob Landers wearing a cowboy hat and doing goofy stuff. Love that. He's great. I never knew how much I needed that until it was part of my life. And then I'm like, yeah, more of that. Like that's beautiful because you see it throughout the season and it's part of the team and it develops this whole like narrative about the team and it's fun to watch. It's great. But again, let Justin Fields get a little bit of the spotlight. And, you know, I just thought, you know, the conference that the Ryan day had was a little bit of a blown opportunity when it came to that. <laughs> not like he's terrible. I'm not saying he should be fired or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, think you, about you, that. You, I mean, you got two or three games before you're supposed to start the fire, the new head coach chant. I mean, it's coming. That's right. At some, that's right. Like, give it two like, games. Yeah. I'll the first time, I'll give it two games and then I'll be on the fire Ryan day wagon. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if if the first opponent scores first, you know that's about that's the right. time. That's right. That's about the time. Or, or God forbid, you know, one of these uh, what I call the preseason opponents, you know, scores twice. Like uh, regardless of what how many Ohio State may have sixty points on the board, the other team scores twice. It's going to be the, you know, get out the pitchforks <laughs> and torches. That's just that's just how the fan base is, right? <laughs> that's right. If if Ohio State doesn't win by five touchdowns, average in the first three games, then they should all be fired. Yeah. Um, or at the very least, we should like beg for Tate Martell to come back and be the starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I withhold comment. By the way, do you see? Okay, another another really great story that I don't think was talked about enough. There was a report out of SI, I think, this week that that old Tater is down there, maybe taking some snaps at wide receiver. So I am extremely there for that. I, considering he lost the starting job, he did not win the starting job at the University of Miami to be quarterback. Um, Tate Martell doing what he's got to do to get on the field is I'm there for that, man. I want to see however that plays out. I'm, I'm watching. I look at that story and I said, okay, is this a, is this a clever coach's way to, to kind of soothe the, uh, the hurt feelings of, or get him uh, to transfer. I mean, I mean, honestly, well, I, I was trying to decide if it was get him to transfer or keep him from transfer. Like I wasn't sure way to read that. Uh, yeah. Although I can't figure out if you don't really want him catching the ball, why you want to keep him. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know. Miami was such a match made in heaven for the tater. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the bright lights, the Instagram uh, settings. I mean, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, that ability to throw a football thing. Huh? Darn. Get you every time. <laughs> yeah. Kind of an essential part of being a quarterback, but you know, it's, I'm not a coach. Yeah. Which so is really unfair. I mean, you know, you've got the hair and everything and then like <laughs> to have it snatched from you Look, because you can't it, sling the rock. Instagram it just follower seems counts should, should mean something to the, in, in this day and age. That's all I'm saying. Um, okay. So in which case before... I'm toast. I don't have nearly enough of those. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so before we get into ask us anything we're going to, I want to keep this relatively short, but Andy, you have an epic story about how you have handled some internet trolls. I have, I have, well, a troll in particular, I guess, but I I've encountered my share of trolls over the years. I I've been writing for 11 warriors for about nine and a half years at this point. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had my share of doubters and haters over the years. And, and some, some of them have been extremely justified for the dumb stuff that I've said and written. Um, but I just, you have a very unique story and we've talked about it before, but I thought it would be cool if you just kind of, you know, put it on the dub cast because we just, you know, we haven't had, had a chance to talk about it. And once we hit the season, we may not get a chance. So I want to, let's, let's hear it. Let's see what, what happened with old Andy Vance taking down. A yeah. Well, but you know, before I was, before I was, um, the illustrious guest co-host of the dub cast <laughs> and, and before I was uh, on the beat covering the wrestling team, which by the way, um, you know, we're, we're rapidly approaching not only football season, but wrestling season, which That's is super right. exciting. Uh, actually, I just picked up a, a, a huge commitment from a local Dublin Kaufman superstar, uh, which was, which was a nice thing. But um, back in the day when, when I was happily reading and commenting on the boards, I'm not even sure if I had joined the mod squad yet. This, this may have been early enough. Yeah. I guess I was, I guess I was moderating at the time. Um, I had gotten into a, a heated discussion on the, the boards with a commenter about the state of our basketball coaching at the time, which was, you know, um, not, not super great. And um, one night about you know three in the morning, I was sound asleep and get a, get a phone call. Um, and, you know, the person, um, first person, first call guy says, Oh, is Mike there? And I said, no, you got a wrong number and went back to sleep. Mm. Second call, the, caller had um, gotten some app or or somehow uh, disguised their voice so it sounded like um, you remember the movie True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger oh yeah and absolutely. He pretended to be Boris and Doris and he had like the little voice changer thing like, this right door or this is Boris you know that sort of thing. that's what this guy sounded like and starts calling me everything but a sports writer I mean just really reading me the riot act um, but but had 
obviously taking the time to find my phone number and knew where I worked and some other personal information. And that, 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 that made me a little nervous. So I kind of muted that call and picked up my cell phone and called the local police department. And when the, when the detective came to my door, you know, about 4am, I met him at the door with a shotgun and he said, uh, well, you were ready, huh? And I said, always prepared my friend. And so we had done some By the way, detective sorry, work. Andy, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Yeah. For those of you who haven't met Andy, Andy is not a, like, you are a really just a sweet, incredible person, just very, very nice, jovial, like the, you get the impression maybe from listening, Andy, that he's just an incredibly nice, gregarious person. That is 100% true in real life. I got to tell you something though. If I am knocking on your door and you answer it with a shotgun at night, look, <laughs> You could also, I, I am 100% convinced you could turn that off in a second yeah. and be the most terrifying human being I've ever met. So I, I can't imagine how that guy reacted to that. I always, I always said that when we were kids, dad told us one thing when we went off to school, he said, uh, boys said, we don't start fights, but we darn well better finish them. And that was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of how we were raised. So I guess maybe oh, that tells you all, all we need to know there. But uh, yeah, that was a, that was a tense uh, night in our household and, it, it just, uh, you know, it just made me think like somehow uh, people get on the internet, whether it's social media or, or our, our humble website. And sometimes they lose that little spark of humanity behind the veil of internet anonymity. Um, <laughs> I've never really had that veil of internet anonymity. I've never hidden behind a, a pseudonym or a username. I've always, just, my username on websites is always like my name, which is probably not super smart on my part, but I've always right. been in the media. So I've always kind of been this quasi, you know, public figure, I guess, when your bylines in a publication or you're, you know, I was a radio broadcaster for a number of years. Now, now in this, this line of work, why, um, you know, your name is part of your brand, right? So you don't hide, right? You, you don't hide. Yeah. I just, you know, it's, 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 first of all, I just think it's amazing. You have your own meet me a Temecula moment, right? Like that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. I just look, I've written my fair share of dumb stuff over the years. And, um, you know, I've gotten people saying like, Johnny, you suck, Johnny. Like, I think my favorite comment of all time, I've mentioned this a couple of times in the dubcast favorite comment of all time was on a dubcast where someone said I was like a surfer dude who's done too many bath salts. So That's I thought awesome. <laughs> which I thought was pretty great. That is uh, fantastic. Had, yeah. Well, we had a writer on the site. This is back. God, this had to have been in like 2011 or 2010. This was really early on when I started writing. Mm -hmm. And he uh, lost was ending. The the TV show Lost was ending. And yeah. he wrote an article kind of like combining both his love of Lost and Ohio State football. And it was it was a summer post, right? It was a summer post. It was the end of You're May. You're telling me it was the off season? Like yeah, it's the off season. He's writing this post. It's whatever. It's at like eight o'clock. It's still a funny post. Luke, excellent writer, really funny dude. Um, it's a good post, right? It's goofy, but it's a good post. He got a literal death threat. <laughs> like someone saying, I will kill you if you write something like that. I will find out where you live. And it's like, what? Why? Well, that, for, yeah. First of all, if that's the offense that gets a death threat, I don't want to be within 50 feet of that person at any point in time in real life, because I feel like if I like happen to fart in their general vicinity, like I'll be dead. Like mm -hmm. I'll be strung up by my entrails because I can't commit a single tiny faux pas. I was I want to tell you something, Andy, this is just kind of related. I was walking across the street today uh, on my lunch break and you know, my arm's in a sling, right? Because I'm, I broke my yeah. freaking collarbone. 
So I'm walking across the street and I can't walk super fast, but I can walk at a normal pace. And I'm clearly in a sling and there's a car who's trying to turn and get like across, even though I have the right away, I got the little, you know, the, the flashing walking dude. And he's like honking at me and screaming at me from the car. And part of me wanted to just raise my little chicken wing and like, look, I can't, I'm doing the best I can (laughs) under the circumstances. But people just don't care, man. And I, I think you're right. I think the anonymity and the fact that you can just zoom on off. And But seriously, the fact that dude showed up at your house is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So thank you for telling that uh, story. Um, and yeah. I really hope nothing like that ever happens to anybody ever again because that's that's insane that's ridiculous i i just say you know be be normal people like uh, as jerry springer as jerry springer used to say at the end of every episode you know be good to each other that's that's it right just be good to each other former cincinnati um yeah jerry springer good for him uh all right so let's so we have we have by the way another weird aside here since it's you know it's going to be a friday dub case Another weird aside here. Uh, my dad did a uh, so he's a big Cincinnati Reds fan, not a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. Let's say a medium-sized Cincinnati Reds fan, but he, he really likes the Reds as much as you can in southwestern Ohio, and I, yeah. I do as well. Uh, my whole family does really. Um, he did the Dream Week thing that they did. I don't even know if they still do Dream Week, but they they did it in the '80s and the '90s at least. And he did the Dream Week where you basically pay a bunch of money to go to like a training camp. Uh, you are splitting the teams with other people who like the Reds, and then you have like a little mini camp. And then former players and coaches come, and they like you know help coach you and stuff. And so Joe Nuxall, for example, was uh, my dad's coach for the That's Dream awesome. League thing. Wow. Yeah, it is. And my dad, my dad was actually a pretty competent baseball player. He was he was pretty good when he was young. He was a pitcher and a catcher, and he was he was he was decent. Um, he wasn't like I'm going to college or anything like that. But if as far as high school players and like weekend warriors go, he was he was pretty damn good. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so the only reason why this is relevant to Jerry Springer is that Jerry Springer was also on his team during. <sighs> Wow. And he was the catcher. So yeah, so my dad and Jerry Springer had like a mutual bond and they yeah, they were they were pretty good. My dad struck out the side in one of the games and Jerry Springer was there helping him out. So. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's a fun I mean, story. Ge- a fun story. Jerry Springer and Joe Knoxall. Like that's that's awesome. That's right. Um, yeah, that's so, and I at mean, that time I don't even think I think he was mostly known as being like, you know, a former mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, all right, so let's move on to ask us anything. I have a big, huge backlog of these again because you know I'm I'm <laughs> dub cast on hiatus a little bit. I mean, are are uh, any of them are any of them Game of Thrones related? They're not Game of Thrones Cause, related because I mean, I literally that. the last three times that that I filled in for Bo, we I got know. on a Thrones tangent. So when you brought up Lost earlier. Like, right. I, I thought to myself, I wonder if the dub cast of 2011 was talking about Lost <laughs> on a regular, because that's the kind of show that you would have had an ongoing dialogue about. I will tell you something. The dub cast has been going on a long time. People, I mean, I, I really don't think about it this way because I didn't always have editing duties. I've been yeah. doing full time, like, you know, editing and stuff and posting for probably about three or four years at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh but before that, uh, Michael, Mike and I split it, Mike Citro. Uh, we split it week to week. And then before that, Sarah Hardy and I uh, split it week to week. And then before that, I've been just going through co-hosts, by the way. They just they hate me. Um, <laughs> before that, Luke was actually the guy who did it full time. And when it mm-hmm. first started, it was like, 
I don't even know what we talked about. It was weird. We we used like Potomatic was our service that we used. Um, it was it was a trip. Uh, but we still had to ask us anything, and because ask us anything rules, and we're gonna keep that forever. We have a bunch of ask us anything questions. I'm not gonna ask. I'm not gonna do all of them tonight, but I do want to do a couple here, and one I think is pretty relevant for you. Um, this one is about, this one's from Matt and he just wants to know, uh, so he's part of the Ohio diaspora. He's living in Charlotte right now. And he knows, uh, from a local alumni club that there are three locations to watch Ohio state games with other Buckeyes in town, um, which he was surprised about. He didn't think there'd be that many. So he wants to know, are there any places that we know of that, uh, have maybe surprising, Ohio State, you know, fans and, and, and concentrations of them. And, and you, Andy, as someone who travels a lot, I was curious, have you come across any in your travels that surprise yeah, you? Every, well, I don't, not, not surprised anymore. Um, I've had a couple great experiences. So one of the things that I do, I, I, I do travel quite a bit um, for, for my day job. And so one of the things I do is if I'm travel if I'm traveling in kind of, you know, business attire, so a sport coat, I always have a block O lapel pin um, nice. or some other Ohio state lapel pin. So my block O pin, I got from the former Dean of the ag college, Bobby Mosier. And then I have another pin. It's a, uh, it says OH with an exclamation point that I got from um, Gordon Gee, who, who I'm a huge fan of. And so I have one of those pins on me all the time. Now, if I'm going in casual clothes, I'll always wear, you know, either a block O ball cap or, or um, just have some piece of Ohio state attire and without fail, and there was one one trip I remember I was walking through um, one of the concourses at port, one of the busiest airports, you know, on the face of the planet. And I get an OH and stop and it's this lady and her daughter. And I said, oh, are you from Columbus? And she said, well, you know, um, my mom was from Columbus or there was some connection to Ohio and they were huge Ohio State fans living, you know, somewhere else, but flying through Atlanta um, to your, to, to, to Michael's, um, example. So this has probably been 15 years ago. Now I was in Kansas city, Missouri for the national association of farm broadcasters convention. And it just so happened that that year convention overlapped with the game. And oh, nice. yeah. So I was very concerned, like, okay, I've got to, I've got to see the game. This is right. This is a problem. So I, uh, you know, got, got online and found, um, the Ohio State Alumni Club of Kansas City had a big watch party at a, a, a local bar and grill type restaurant. And we went and um, joined them and they were like, you know, made a big deal about it that, you know, here were people who lived in Columbus who had come to the watch party and they were so gracious. And we just met a bunch of people um, who were, you know, Ohio State fans living in Kansas City and they get together and and regularly, uh, you know, watch games. But to be there and meet a bunch of Ohio State people living in the, you know, greater Kansas City metro uh, for the game, that was a, that was a great experience. But yeah, I, I meet Ohio State fans literally everywhere I go when I'm on my travel, either, either people who have a connection to Ohio and therefore because of their relationship to the state, have an affinity for the university or people who are not from Ohio, but, you know, attended the university. Um, and they may be people like in, in my, um, my job in agriculture, I have several of my advertising clients who either did their grad studies or maybe they went to vet school or something at Ohio state. So even if they weren't undergrads, they have some affinity for Ohio state because they did a master's or a PhD or DVM there. And that, that's, that's just cool. cool. Yeah. It's, it's really 
it, it reminds me of the reality that the sun never sets on Ohio State. You know, we say those things, but if you don't ever leave central Ohio, you, you may not really realize that it, it, it's actually true. We're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what you can do, and actually in the name of this question, I, I went and see, you know tried to see if I could find all the different uh, alumni clubs like around the world. And Ohio State maintains a website that has all the official like alumni clubs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that of course doesn't include all the fan clubs that are in different countries, but um, I just, it's relevant because, you know, you've got some in Greece, you've got some in like Belgium, you've got one in China, you've got some in actually multiple clubs, I believe in, uh, in India, that could be wrong. Maybe just one in India, but you've got another in Indonesia and then one in uh, Taiwan. It's, it's all over the place. So, I really recommend checking that out, especially if someone like Andy is is traveling a lot. When I lived in Japan, I did not encounter any clubs uh, or organizations, Ohio State organizations. But in the super rural uh, town that I lived in, um, there was someone from Dublin, Ohio, who obviously was a huge Ohio State fan. And uh, throughout the season, we would go to each other's houses or apartments, really, yeah. and watch bootleg streams of Ohio State football <laughs> at like two and three in the morning. That's and fantastic. That was, yeah, that was that was interesting. That was pretty oh, I fun. I enjoyed that. Um, so, you know, it was it was a good time. Um, all right. So we got one more question here for Ask Us Anything. And again, uh, if if you would like to send us questions for Ask Us Anything, please do so uh, to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. Uh, Alvin just wants to know, and this is from a little bit ago uh, with Carmen's crew. We didn't really talk too much about them uh, winning the basketball tournament in, in spectacular fashion. That was incredible. Um, <laughs> Buford sealing it. Willie B sealing it with some free throws, right? Like little, like little redemption. Absolutely amazing. Um, Alvin, our good friend Alvin wants to know, could Carmen's crew make a run in the NCAA March Madness tournament today? <laughs> wow. That's yeah, great. Yeah, I would uh, say yes. The answer is yes. They would destroy wow. a bunch of little kid scrubs. They would kill them. I mean, this that? is, what you know, this is one of those interesting like you know invariably you'll have uh every season you know if you you have a team like uh let's say alabama or clemson or somebody that just looks like they're going to be all world and you invariably hear the you know oh could they beat the browns oh could they beat the lions you know sort of sort of jokes and we always kind of laugh those off that no in fact they they couldn't right uh this is a different this is a, now this is a different kind of question because it is because you've got a bunch of these are guys, guys who are who kind of washed out of the nba and and they're kind of looking yeah. at retiring from their national careers so yeah. hmm. that's when what's the old saying age and treachery will beat uh youth and <laughs> right something 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 every time so maybe so maybe <laughs> i i'd have to really think about that before i stepped up to the bookie and put my money down alvin that's a that's a tough one it i is tough i will one. say i um I wasn't sure what to expect because was uh, was it overseas elite. Is that the name of the the, the team they they yeah. beat that was uh, like what four time? Yeah, they champion. hadn't lost. They had never I mean, lost. Yeah, that's a big deal that they they won that. And I just love that the cover photo on the tournament dot com right now is is Willie Buckets uh, throwing <laughs> up the field goal. Um, I mean, that's just uh, it's a it's a great picture. Just a fantastic. Totally redeems himself. 
<laughs> only took only took about eight nine years, but he totally redeemed himself. Yeah, um, I was like I was, you know, ten ten years later, however long it was. Yeah, too long, but yeah, no, it was it, it was great. I don't, I, you know, look, watching those games, they're clearly a little bit older, but they're still great basketball players, and it's still really fun. Yeah. I mean, man, I, you know, the great thing about that tournament was not necessarily the fact that it like meant a huge amount or anything in terms of like prestige or whatever but the nostalgia factor is just off the charge and and watching you know watching john diebler for example hit a three and just look smooth as silk and doing it and watching you know aaron Kraft just piss the hell out of anybody who he's guarding and just all that stuff you know david lighty making you know great hustle plays and and willie buford there's you no know, hitting jumper after jumper those stuff those, those kind of things just really takes you back and it was it was fun as hell to watch um i don't know how far they'd get an ncaa tournament but I think they'd go pretty. I think they'd get. I think they'd do at least Sweet Sixteen. I think they could do that. I think after that, they'd probably start to wear down a little bit. Um, I don't know. If they'd be able to keep up with some of the the more athletic, uh, you know, majors. But you know, I, I think they can get a decent far. You know, decently far. I'll, I'll ask. Here's the thing. Bo is really Bo is really close with John, and uh, he also you know knows Scooney pretty well. I want to posit that question to him as well, and we'll see what he has. We'll, we'll see what his take is on that. I bet. I bet he says they win it all. That it, that's my predict prediction. That's what I think he'll say. So, um, all right. So that's ask us anything. Uh, that is also the dubcast. It's kind of like I said, uh, a, a you know a makeup dubcast for the fact that my collarbone is currently trying to knit itself back together. Uh, <laughs> as I said, we will be back on regular schedule next week, so you can expect to hear us. We record on Mondays. We'll post it on Tuesdays. And we're, we're, we're about ready to go. We're, we're about ready to get right into this thing because, you know, football is fast approaching. So thank you, Andy Vance. Thank you so much for coming on and talking. Uh, it's always a great pleasure to have you on. And, of course, we'll have you on, you know, at regular intervals during the season as well. So can't wait. Awesome. All right. So we will see you in just a few days. But thanks for listening.